Welcome to Blessings in Christ. I'm Scott Roberts. Blessings in Christ is also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Church of Christ is scriptural name, Romans 16, 16. Scriptural origin, Colossians 1, 18. Scriptural doctrine, 1 Timothy 4, 16. And scriptural practice, James 1 and 22. Our lesson today is from Romans chapter 12 uh, on a Christian not being conformed to the world. And what that means, of course, is a Christian is in the world, but we are not part of the world. We are with Christ and we are in Christ. We are not part of the world. We hope that you enjoy the lesson uh, and please like us on Facebook. Thank you. So our lesson today uh, is from Romans chapter 12 and be not conformed to the world. And many times I've looked at this verse, and usually that is a very much quoted verse that you will hear preachers uh, uh, preach on be not conformed to the world at the beginning of Romans chapter 12. But I actually wanted to study those first few verses to be conformed. And of course, when we preach that, of course, the first definition you have on Romans chapter 12 is that uh, we are in the world as Christians, but we are not part of the world and also we know that we don't love the world meaning the sin uh, the sin that is in the world but we truly love the people in the world because we want to do something or say something to them to help them to obey the gospel so as a Christian we must be sanctified we are in the world but we are not part of the world when you look at 1 John 2 15-16 John tells us, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that it is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And of course, this is talking about all the sin that is in the world today. We as Christians, when we obey the gospel, and we are baptized into Christ, we are also baptized into his death, we have put the sinful, uh, sinful man to death. We have put away all of the sinful ways that we used to live, and we now live for Christ. We now live in his kingdom. So we now live a, a Christian life in the Lord's church, the church of Christ. So hence, through Jesus Christ and not of ourselves, we have overcome the world. And that's what we, uh, we read also in John. 1 John 5, 4 through 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. We have overcame all of the sin and the death and all of the things of the flesh and the world. And we read here, Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? Be he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye you know your labor, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So therefore, we must overcome the world. Well, there are two different pathways that we can live in our life. We can live the broad, uh, we can walk, or travel the broad way which leadeth to dis destruction, and many go therein uh, that way. 
or we can uh, go the narrow way, which leadeth to eternal life. If you would turn to Matthew chapter 7, and this will explain our sermon today, to be not conformed to this world. Jesus told us in Matthew 7 and 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many, many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the, the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So not only are there two ways that we can travel in life, but one is very, 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 very narrow, and one is very wide. It's a super highway with many lanes. Not only are there two ways that we can travel, but there are many false prophets. Can you imagine if we were traveling and Rhonda just drove to Florida, if the signs were confusing, if you could not trust the signs, you wouldn't even end up in Florida. And I'll tell one on Landon, and, uh, and this happened several times, but we used to go do the corn mazes, okay? And him and his friends would disappear. And for the older people like myself, when you walk through the corn mazes, they don't want people to get lost. Uh, they have signs for the adults to tell you how to get out. Well, Landon would switch the signs around, him and his friends, so you couldn't trust the signs. And if you were in some of these big corn mazes, you could be in there for hours. Uh, but that's a trick that the boys do. But it's not a laughing matter when it comes to false doctrines in the world today. Matthew 7 and verse 15 Jesus said, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes or thorns or figs or thistles? So we know that there are two ways that we can live in our life today. We can live the life of a Christian, and even as a Christian, we must be sanctified. We've had lessons on sanctification before, but of course, Sanctified is a two-part process. We are not part of the world, but we also cling to God. We cling to Jesus Christ in everything that we say or do. Uh, to live is Christ and to die is gain. We are sanctified in every single moment of our Christian life. You know, as Christians, there's never a time we are not sanctified. It's not just something on Sunday morning when we come to worship God in spirit and in truth. We are always sanctified as a saint. We are a chosen. Uh, we are God's children, God's own children. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 11. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. We are not only sanctified, but we are heirs uh, in the kingdom as sanctified children of God. Acts 20 and 32. And now, brethren, I commend you uh, to God and to the word of grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. So we have the promise, the hope of heaven, if we are faithful unto death. How is this process through the doctrine, through the holy word of God? Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So therefore we live by God's holy word. We live with the Holy Spirit within us. We study to show ourselves uh, approved. We are thankful in all things. We are always praying and studying our Bibles to uh, refresh our spirit, to keep us as sanctified 
uh, spirits to God. Ephesians 4, 14 through 15. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him all things that with the head, even Christ. So we know that we are sanctified by the word of God. We are also sanctified and forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9, verse 14, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot, to purge your conscience from the dead works, to serve the living God? And of course, we came in contact with the blood of Christ uh, when we were baptized, when we were immersed in water, and uh, we uh, came up as a new creature, uh, living and serving God. So if you would, turn to Romans chapter 12, and we'll kind of start the introduction to our lesson. We'll probably just make this a two-part lesson, and uh, we'll have a short lesson today, and we will continue this thought on being not conformed to the world. But let's look here at Romans chapter 12, the first few verses that Paul is instructing uh, the saints at Rome. Verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The first thing we notice about that first verse is that we, uh, we by the mercies of God, uh, must present our bodies a living sacrifice. And isn't it interesting, the sacrifices in the Old Testament uh, was a dead sacrifice. The animals were slaughtered, the animals uh, were killed, uh, and it was a one-time sacrifice. And of course, once a year, the high priest would go in to the holies of the holies of the tabernacle and, uh, and would actually make an, an installment or a partial atonement that would carry their sins to, to the next year. But we as Christians have come in contact with that perfect sacrifice through Jesus Christ and the shedding of his blood on the cross. But now we are a living sacrifice. We have presented our bodies uh, our lives as that living sacrifice. So we are consecrated just as the animals and all the utensils of the tabernacle were dedicated to God. You know, the Levites had to meet their qualifications and they served in the temple and they served God. They were consecrated. They were set apart in the service to God. Uh, so now we, as a sanctified child of God, we must present our bodies a living sacrifice. Everything we say, everything we do. You know, all of the members of our body, our hands, our mouth, our feet, uh, are dedicated to the service of God. And what's he say here in verse 2? And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, it's interesting here, There's uh, in these two verses, can show us right away that there's no doctrine of once saved, always saved. That we, uh, as a child of God, it is a work in process. We must live a Christian life as that sanctified Christian life. Because in verse 2 it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. A transformation means that the change has taken place. We have obeyed the gospel. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But we also 
have a continual life of a living sacrifice. The way that we live, the way that we talk, the way that we conduct ourselves in the world today, there are two ways we see in Matthew chapter 7 that we can conduct our life. First of all, if we are a Christian and we follow Jesus Christ and His church, He is our first love. He is the one that we live for. Everything we say, everything we do uh, is to glorify Christ, is to glorify Him and His kingdom. Uh, this is the way that a Christian must live. Galatians 2 and verse 20, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I that live, meaning we don't live for self. We don't live for self-fulfillment. We don't live for the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But we live for Christ and His kingdom. And it says, Galatians 2 and verse 20, But Christ liveth in me, and that life which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith. The faith which is in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Ephesians 2 and verse 10, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God afore prepared that we should walk after them. Knowing that we live for Christ and not for self, and not putting ourselves first, but putting Christ first in His church. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, to the end that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be strong to apprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye may be filled unto all the fullness of God. So after obeying the gospel, and when we are baptized, we are to put on Christ. Galatians 3 and verse 27, we put on Christ. We live for Jesus Christ. We live for the church. We live for the good of our brothers and sisters in Christ, and also to increase his kingdom, the church. Jesus Christ now abides in us. Christian living is the state of the Christian being in Christ and of Jesus Christ being in the Christian. Every part of our Christian life is now built upon Jesus in us. Jesus now gives us the strength to go through each day, uh, to live for Christ and to die as gain. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He protects us. He blesses us. The Lord's life is now become the portal and partial of our entire life and being. So this is the life of a Christian. But Paul says, be not conformed to the world. Now over here we have another box. The world. That is self. Sin. The first love is the things of the world. All of the sin of the world. And you notice if there's a danger in the church today that we cannot be here and in the Lord and also in the world. And even if we put one arm or one foot or one hand outside of the body of Christ, then we are not entirely within the church, within being, uh, being not conformed to this world. So another definition of being conformed means that people that are in the world, they have built their entire life meaning the standards of the world, 
the laws of the world, the pleasures of the world. And you know what? It's always changing. The fashions of the world change every single day. The desires of the world, the sin of the world. And isn't that like the denominations that they're always changing the rules? The world's always changing. There are more types of sin today than there were yesterday. So people that are conformed to the world means that not only are they part of the world, but that is their entire life. That is their love. Everything the world has to offer is who they are. They comply with the rules of the world, and they are not complying with the rules of Jesus Christ. How many of us drove here today? Bobby probably had the longest drive of anybody. I don't know if he's further or James Gilman. But you comply with the rules of Ohio. If you drive more than 55, if you drive 100 miles per hour, you're not complying with the rules of the state of Ohio, and you're going to get arrested. You're going to be put, uh, put in jail. Uh, if you are intoxicated, drunk driving, uh, you are not complying with the rules of Ohio. You can lose your license for good. Uh, it's, there's a lot of legalities that we must comply. And this, once again, are we going to uh, let the Jesus Christ and His church set the standards and the laws? Or are we going to allow the world to uh, give us what we need to comply with? This is what conform means, that we have either built our entire life and we comply with the rules of the world, or we have built our entire life and our first love is Jesus Christ. Let's look again at the two ways that we can live. Uh, turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5, there towards the end of it, that we are either going to walk in the Spirit, not be conformed to the world, meaning that we do not allow all of the wisdom of the world or the foolishness of the world to govern uh, our life, or are we going to let Jesus Christ and the spiritual law that he has given us through the New Testament, that will be our standard of living. That will be our first love. Galatians 5 and verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, that ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh, and those are contrary the one to another, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. So, we cannot have both. We cannot live in the world of the, the things of the flesh and also be a spiritual uh, Christian living and complying by the laws of God. We cannot have both. We are either in the world being conformed to the world or we are not conformed to the, uh, the things of the world and being a Christian. So, Galatians 5 and verse 17 no, I'm, yeah, verse 17. Galatians 5 and 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Meaning that we live under the new covenant and not under the things of the Old Testament law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, 
envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which which I tell you as I have told you in the times past, listen to this, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, in the world today, you could probably do about any of these things, and if you have a good lawyer, you're going to get out of it. And all these things change, and people change their opinions, and, and, and the world's always changing. Things that were once in a, a, a wrong in society's eyes are okay now. We see it every day. And, uh, but God's law does not change. And if we follow these things, if we are going to comply or allow the world's laws, the, the changing their opinions to govern our life, we cannot be a Christian. Now, once again, we do have to obey the laws of the land. Like I said, I mentioned speeding or drunk driving or you go out and murder somebody, uh, you know, you will be put in prison. But what about the social laws, the things that are now acceptable? And uh, uh, things change every single day. I was just remember when I was a kid, uh, Sunday was the Lord's Day. You didn't have the stores open. There might be a few gas stations open, but you didn't see restaurants open. You didn't see uh, uh, these shopping centers open. Now to the world, Sunday is just another day. It's not the Lord's Day. It's not a, a worship day to the world. But you know what? Uh, God's law doesn't change. On the first day of the week, the saints come together to break bread, to remember Jesus Christ fulfilling His commandments. Uh, th that has not changed. But if we are going to be a spiritual person, not conformed or compliant to the things of the world, not part of the world, not influenced from the world, then we are going to follow Galatians 5 and verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the, the flesh and with affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So this is the Christian life. Once again, not be conformed to this world. Turn, if you would, to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And this describes how wicked the world would be in the last days. And this is where we live today. We are truly in the last days. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, uh, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. And this is truly what we live in today. Uh, the, the sin is all around us. Wickedness is all around us. People's social customs, what is acceptable uh, uh, has changed. People are accepting more and more. But, beloved, God's Word does not change. So let's look very closely in the next few minutes here at Romans chapter 12. I'll have to put on my glasses here because the print's getting really small here. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. First of all, Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren. The word therefore connects the exhortation and the consecration to God with the entire discussion of the following chapter to 
for us to embrace God's all-embracing mercy and for us to remember that we are His sanctified children of God. He says here in verse 1, By the mercies of God, He is embracing both Jew and Gentiles in a common salvation here described as a very strong word, expressing very tender compassion. What he is telling us here in Romans chapter 12 uh, is going to apply to Christians. This is not to sinners that have uh, not even obeyed the first principles yet, but this is a process that we must go through, this transformation to continue being separated from the world in our Christian life. Don't be part of the world. Don't be in the world as part of the world. But listen to this. Don't let the world and its opinions and its uh, new changing social customs change your faith or the way that we are living our Christian life. To present your bodies a living sacrifice. They were to restrain and hold uh, all of the uh, the fleshly sins and lust, and to put them in check, to have temperance, self-control, and to consecrate all their abilities and facilities in service to God. To let God have full possession, not only of your spirit and soul, but also of your physical body. Yield every member up to Christ. Again, it means ceasing to sin, but it is also offering your body, offering your time, offering the way that we talk, because we are not conformed to this world, but we are not of this world, but we are of Christ. We are an, a, a, an obedient servant, always seeking God and putting God first. Matthew 6 and 33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. It is submitting to God and not submitting to the things of the world. James 4, 7-8 Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hearts, ye sinners. Purify ye hearts, ye double-minded. In Psalm 105, 3-5, glory ye in His holy name. How many times do we glorify God? You know, to glorify God means to uplift, to exalt the way that we talk. Don't be ashamed that we are a Christian. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of who you are. You are special. You are a child of God. You have something to say. You know, there's always protests, and people are always upset, and Protest, protest, protest. But I'm not saying we're protesting, but we are standing strong. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And contend for the faith. In the book of Jude, it says to earnestly contend for the faith. So glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord at his strength. Seek his face every more. Remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. So once again, present your, your bodies. Let God have full possession, not only of your spirit and soul, but of your physical body. The way that we dress, the way that we conduct ourselves, the way that we talk. Let people know you are a Christian. Next, he said, present yourself a living sacrifice. 
The sanctified body is also called a living sacrifice. You know, it's not one and done like the blood sacrifices were in the Old Testament. It is a continual living sacrifice. Sacrifice your time. Pray more. Study more. Help one another. Reach out. Encourage one another. You are a living sacrifice. You continue to serve God in everything that we do in our life. A natural life is not consumed like an ordinary sacrifice, but is presented to God alive from the dead. Because you were once dead in your sins, and now you are alive through Jesus Christ. There is in every sacrifice a death, and in this sacrifice a, a death unto sin, but a life which has put sin to death, which arises a new life of righteousness unto God. So thus a holy sacrifice, that in which through the natural life is not lost, but a new life of holiness is gained. Holy! Under the Mosaic law, animals free from blemish were presented and devoted to God under the new dispensation. A nobler and more spiritual service is to be rendered. You were bought with a price. Glorify God, therefore, in your body. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20. Acceptable unto God is your holy, consecrated life not conform to this world, not defined by this world, not chasing every whim and every sin and everything and the wicked in the world, that you are consecrated, holy, and you are in service to God. And will it be acceptable to God? Those services will be too acceptable to God and only the lives that follow the commandments.